here. Okay. Hey, I think we're live. Yeah, we're live. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, this is Coach Nate, Bladefoot Academy. And um, I just wanted to, well, a couple of things. So the reason why I'm having this video up right now is because I'm testing out the uh, the studio for our podcast. Uh, we are having a podcast. I've, I've had guests on um, tomorrow I will have four episodes ready for distribution, um, and I'm going to start distributing those in uh, next month on the 4th, 4th of April, so that's pretty cool, but the reason why I wanted to come out and uh, talk to you all is um, something actually very cool uh, and special happened yesterday to me. Uh, I have been teaching sword arts for seven years. Um, I center around historical fencing of the European variety. My very, very favorite is saber and saber and buckler. If if we're really going to be honest, uh, Eastern European style. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's a journey for all you martial arts instructors out there. You really know what it's like. Trent, what are you doing up, buddy? I got to tell a story of what happened in class yesterday. Um, you were there. Um, uh, yeah, okay, so here we go. Um, it was the last fight of the evening of the adult class. And for seven years, I've been teaching. And of course, yeah, like I was saying, uh, martial arts instructors, you guys know. That uh, you have ups and you have downs. Sometimes you wonder if you're a good enough teacher. Sometimes you wonder um, if students are ever going to get what you're trying to teach them. Sometimes you wonder, you know, why why am I dedicating my myself to to things and what does it all mean? And you know, is there anything better I could be doing with my life? And uh, you know, if you're a martial arts instructor, you get it. It's not about the money because it's, it's just not about the money. You really have to want to teach others. You really want to be there for, for other people and watch them grow and watch them learn. And you learn a lot from the process as well. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of preaching to the choir. Uh, <laughs> probably goes through your head a million times, same as it does with me. And uh, yeah, so that's that's a good part. So seven years after seven years, my son, uh, he's fifteen. I've been teaching him. Oh gosh, I mean, I've been teaching him since he was a little little kid uh, in in sword fighting, and for the first time, he he beat me, and I didn't let him. And that was probably the proudest moment of my teaching career. <laughs> and dads, maybe you know what I'm talking about. And it's kind of hard to explain it to people who aren't fathers or, or people who aren't mentoring someone in a, it, it just the, in the deepest way of your life. And it was. It was, it was a proud moment for me. And so let me set up the, the, the scenario. First off, he's, he's super big. He's 15 years old, but he looks like he's 19. And throughout his life, people have always looked at him and they thought he was older and they always expected more of him. They demanded more of him because they always thought he was older. 
And I always had to kind of step in a little bit and say, hey, he's only nine, you know, he's only 11, you know, he's only this, he's not as old as you, as you think he is. Um, and, uh, you know, that always shocked people. So he's, 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 he's a big kid and, um, and he's a strong kid. And, you know, when you grow up, the growing pains that, that you go through, you know, when you're going through puberty and all that, your feet are too big for your body and you just, you know, you're, you're, you're wiggly, you're getting muscles and strength in weird places and you don't quite understand how it all works. And, and this is partially why martial arts is so uh, advantageous, especially to youth. And um, so anyway, we're te- I'm teaching this class. Uh, we're doing stick fighting. And when you learn fencing, traditionally, you stop after a contact is made, you reset, and you go forward. You know, there's a few exceptions. There's, there's different sword arts out there that's an exception. A big exception is Buhert. And um, with my younger students in the youth class, I... You know, we, we go foam and it's and it's like a prep for boo hurt. So a lot of times we go sword and shield and it's full 60 seconds, right? Um, up to 10 points. And then when someone hits 10 points, well, they're the winner of that bout. And then there's this, you know, separation. And, and uh, yeah, so it's it, it can get pretty intense. It's it's as intense as you want it to be, except you're foam fighting. So it's very, very safe. Um Gosh, in seven years, I've only had minor owies. I haven't had a, a legitimate injury, knock on wood, in any of my kid classes. So that's actually pretty cool. Anyway, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of going on this digression. So let me get back to to my son. So he's 15 years old, and he's in the adult class now because I've been teaching him for seven years, and he has this depth of experience that most adults who come into a historical fencing class, they don't have, um, and, and he does, even though he's 15. So he does pretty good uh, against most of the adults. He has a presence to him that's a very intimidating, and frankly, <laughs> it's even intimidating for me when I approach him now. Uh, he's that good. He's strong, and he's quick, and he sees all the openings lightning fast, I just turned 45 this month, just a couple of days ago. He's going to turn 16 next month. And uh, we're getting to that point where some of the things don't work on me like I want them to, like they used to. And some of those things are really just coming online for him. And uh, so he's he's going to be pushing me <laughs> for forever now. Anyway, so we have this contest. And sometimes we have poker chips. And I give poker chips to this you know, to the people in class and you only get a certain amount of them and you fight your partners, you pick your partners, you, you know, together you decide who you're going to fight next and you put your chips down and the winner gets the chips. And in this exercise, we were fighting with rattan sticks. And so, uh, like a, like a single stick, except it was full contact, 60 seconds, no arm bars, no grappling, no takedowns. You just hit, you get out of it with some parries and footwork, and then you get back to it. 60 seconds and to 10 points. I just wanted to see how everyone would do, how everyone would handle that martially. And, um, you know, it's it's also to get acquainted with, with pain, um, the, the chaos, right? We want our minds, because that's really the weapon. We want our minds to learn how to be sharp and to 
to categorize the chaos into bite-sized pieces and to see the openings to to uh, sense the danger and to really um, take stock of what's going on in a very chaotic and potentially dangerous environment. So that um, and also to help you learn your form even when you're being thwarted, so that you can find that um, that flow again. Because um, after all, um, you know we were using sticks. And with swords, when you're getting, if you're sitting there getting chopped up, you, you don't get that luxury. It's not like with fists or feet or, or with sticks even. But anyway, this is a mental exercise, right? We're going through this thing. And so we're going through this thing. I'm about to face saying it's the last thing, that it's, it's the last bout of the night. Um, and uh, he looks at me and he says, hey, you got chips? And I said, yeah, yeah, I got chips and I got some in my hand. And, you know, I had put one down on the floor already. And he looks at me and he says, okay. And he puts one chip down and then he grabs a second chip and he puts a second chip down and he just grins at me. (laughs) And I'm thinking, man, this kid, this kid, he is feeling his oats. I got to, I got to put him in his place. So I put down my second chip and I wanted those chips. And I fought as hard as I could for those chips. And he fought me. And it was really, really close. But in the end, I got beat. (laughs) And it sucked. But at the same time, there is no other person on this planet that I would rather lose to than my own son. And I was just so proud. I was grinning ear to ear. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And probably um, if any of my um, you know, students that started with me uh, as, as young kids and now as they're growing to adulthood, I think I would feel similar feelings if they could legit beat me. Uh, I would feel pretty darn proud. But, you know, because he's my, my son and because he beat me, I just felt like I'm doing it right. I got beat, but the things I've been teaching this kid for seven years is finally working. I mean, it was working before, but I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. I've been on for 10 minutes and I've been rambling on and on and on, but, uh, yeah, uh, martial artists, uh, martial art instructors, martial art instructors who have very close students or even your own um, children in class, when you have that that uh, thing happen to you, like, you know, he had beaten me before, but I could always just kind of say, well, I kind of let him, or, you know, I just wasn't playing for my best, and, you know, all this stuff. You know how it is. Like, you could ratchet it up and down. But the fact that he, that I wanted to win, I wanted to show him, and he ended up beating me. <laughs> it was a new feeling, and I felt really great about it. It was complex, but I felt really good about it. Okay, other martial arts instructors, uh, have you had that experience before? And if you've had that experience, what was it like? Your own son finally beating you, and you tried your hardest. What was that like? Comment below. And uh, yeah, I'd love to to hear what you you guys have to 
say about that d- different feelings and you know it's different for for everybody of course you know situations are, are different but um yeah i did i took that as i'm doing this right i'm the way that i'm instructing people and you know he's learning these fundamentals and he saw all the openings was lightning fast super strong very meticulous he was the elon that he showed right the 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 gameness right he took the hits and strategically he just put the stick where it needed to go so that i couldn't parry it and that so that he can strike me his footwork was just so and you know he sparred me his whole life so he he kind of knows what i'm gonna do and he used that against me i mean full blown full stop he uh he he read me he knew what i was gonna do and he thwarted me, and he beat me by two points. It was 10 to 8 at the end. And, uh, yeah, a- any other person, I'd feel, you know, doggone it, like I want to do this again in the near future to kind of, you know, win back s- something, you know. The chips were down. Literally, the chips were down, and he, he got the chips. Not only did he get one chip, he got two chips. <laughs> Zane, you. So anyway, uh, I'll get him next time, and that's it. So uh, yeah, so the, the the podcast guys, um, we have guests on all the shows. Uh, every once in a while, you'll hear me um, talking about a specific topic. I'll talk about interviews or uh, um, other interviews that are posted and stuff, um, and um, a way to help us further our our sword journeys. Um, I don't want to talk about a lot of fluff stuff. I want to talk about how to build the historical fencing community, how we can learn from other uh, more established martial arts, um, you know, what we have to offer, what we do, you know, some rising stars, some old hats who really have got things going very good, um, you know, people who who have their, you know, if you want to call it an armory or a dojo or a, or a fencing group or whatever, people who are functioning in that capacity. I want to interview those guys and, you know, see how it is that they do it. What do they do to get better? Um, you know, how do they instruct, uh, you know, favorite weapons, stories, that kind of thing. So that's what you could expect in the in the podcast moving forward. Um, and you know, people are going to talk about their experiences. It's, and it's not just going to be, oh, by the book, you know, Lichtenhauer says, you know, foot goes here and, you know, then crumb pile here. And then, you know, you got to make sure you got the vor here, blah, blah. We're not going to get too much into the weeds on those mechanics. Um, we're going to talk about the human side of, of, of things, right? The, the camaraderie, why we do it, um, what new students, should be able to expect you know how to make your own club if there's not one around you or even if you don't like the one that you're at like how do you start a new one you know how do you start your club things like that um you know there will be different gear reviews moving forward um you know just to get people started putting them in the right direction you know just getting really real kind of experience on you know there's a lot of gear uh, to keep us safe um and a lot of shiny swords (laughs) And, you know, let's face it, people love those shiny swords, and I'm no exception. So we're going to talk about all of those things um, moving uh, in the future. So, guys, if you know anyone who wants to be on the podcast, um, yeah, look me up. Um, I definitely want to talk to you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so let's let's uh, let's stop the video here. It's been over 15 minutes.
All right, guys, listen, um, life is rough sometimes. So, uh, you know, um, we don't want to be Pollyannas about things, but uh, we're all here. We're, we're, it's our turn, right? It's our turn to have a heartbeat. It's our turn to live. It's our turn to, to watch the, the, you know, look up into the night sky and to, and to, and to see in the daytime that the, the sun shining on our faces or even the rain on our face, right? Um, it's, it's our time. So what are we going to do with the time? Let's make it a good one, guys. Let's make it a good one. Okay, slay your demons, and I'll talk to you guys later. All right, see ya.